0: Well, this morning we have uh, we have an opportunity to to hear a few testimonies of the difference the the calling community church has made in their life, and so we are the the exact exact date of our anniversary would be the fifth. Or the fifteenth, I'm sorry, and that's right in the middle of this week. So we're kind of we're going to start celebrating today. That's what all the balloons are for. We're celebrating two years of being a church right here in this community. How many of you were there? Yeah, Amen, Amen. Thank you. How many of you are there on the first Sunday? You guys came in the first Sunday. Awesome, awesome. It was great. Uh, we we filled up the room, and we realized right away we probably weren't going to be able to stay there very long because we knew we were going to continue to grow. And then this opportunity became available to us. And as you can see, we have plenty of room to grow. Like today, today I'm not going to make you all come sit close because it's hot in here. So what you can spread out if you want, stay, stay that way. But uh, we've, we've, I was looking back through some pictures as I was going through the slideshow and looked at all the different things we've accomplished in the last two years. And some of you have heard the whole story, and we'll, we'll work through some of those details later, but, I, but, I, but I'm more interested in the lives changed, uh, lives that were one way, and then they came in contact with us and our church, and how God has used the church uh, and the gospel, obviously, to change their life, and so I've asked three individuals to come and share just a little bit about what God has done in their life, and so wh- the three that I've asked, why don't you guys go ahead and come on forward, and we're going to use, we'll probably use this microphone right here. I think they'll be more comfortable. Can I get it down here? Uh, Let's see here. Down. And obviously, they are are courageous. They've agreed to, to do this for me. Um, Joe might be the only one excited about getting the microphone. <laughs> He's been telling me, he goes, Brady, I'm going to be hard to follow. When I'm done, it's just going to be hard for you to follow me, all right? And so um, I'm going to ask Tara to go first. Tara, come on up. Tara, they, her family started coming to, to our church before we were even officially a church. We started meeting in houses, and every Sunday afternoon we would meet in a different house of someone that was on the core team and through a relationship, through a friend, through a family relationship, Tara brought her, her family. And I, I let's be honest with you. I was blown away at first. Like, this person doesn't know who we are. And she's like, I heard about this church. And, and she just showed up with her kids. And it was awesome. And they've been a part of our church ever since. And so, um, so you know if you've ever spoken in front of people, it's kind of scary. All right. So she's, she's going to do all right, isn't she? All right, Yes. Yeah. So, so let's just pray. Father, right now, I just thank you for these individuals that you have, you have touched their life, and you continue to touch their life, Lord, changing and transforming them from the inside out. We praise you that we got a chance to be a part of that. God, I do pray for Tara and for Joy and for Joe that, that these words are yours, Lord. This is, your, this is their story. It's powerful because it's theirs individually, and I pray that you would just speak through them and that we would hear and we'd receive what it is that uh, they're going to share today. We just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All
1: right, Tara, there you go. Just hold it up to your mouth. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I guess uh, I grew up with parents who weren't around very much. Um, My father was an alcoholic, and when my parents were around, they fought. So I dealt with a lot of depression and tried taking my own life, starting at like 10 years old and used to um, cut myself and at about 15 I started using drugs and drinking and by 17 I was addicted to hard drugs and ended up dropping out of high school and then shortly after I turned 20 met my husband well now husband and within our first year of being together I got pregnant with my oldest and that's when I was able to get sober still dealt with my depression through all of that, fought a lot with my husband. We didn't get along very good the first 10 years maybe we were together, and after I had my third boy, my drinking got very out of hand to where I would drink early hours of the morning, and a turning point for me was when I got invited to a neighbor's house, and we were supposed to go over there to have a bonfire and drink and I'd already been drinking before I even got there and you know partied a little too much ended up passing out in the neighbor's yard no idea where my kids were found out the next morning my neighbors took care of my kids and brought them home for me and that's when I thought that was enough for me and I need to do something different so I reached out to My husband's sister and she told me that I need to trust Jesus and to pray and that I could have a new life so that's what I began doing and teaching my kids about God and then I realized we need to start going to church and 30 minutes after I thought I need to find a church um, Tony and Beth's daughter Katie posted on there about starting a Bible study so I reached out to her and that's when she told me about Pastor Brady and now I'm here. And I don't drink anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> Amen.
0: Okay, good.
2: Pastor Brady told me I uh, <laughs> I had to cut it short, so you try to get the mic away from me. <laughs> right. you know, I had a a bucket list, and on my bucket list, and I've told Brady this was I've always wanted to stand in front of a congregation. <laughs> I have done 600 seminars across the world for three hours in front of meet people. Um, and this is a first chance in front of a congregation, that, so I can cross that off my bucket list. <laughs> he asked me to talk about what the calling means to me. And i got to go back to really what the Lord means to me. Um, I've gone through quite a bit in my life, from... Dodging mortars and dodging rockets in Vietnam to living through the worst malaria you can get To two heart attacks to liver tra- uh, kidney transplant a bunch of things And I never realized that the Lord was over the top of me protecting me And I, I didn't realize that for a long long time. I've always been a-, a believer I've always tried to be a good Christian. I always wasn't a good Christian I, I was never perfect, and no will I ever be perfect. But coming to the calling has changed my life. Uh, Brady made a, a, a statement one time that you can even teach old dogs new tricks. <laughs> and I have no idea who he was referring to, but he said, uh, uh, what's, what's it mean to you to come to the calling? And I've had three weeks to think about it. And one thing comes to mind is the donuts and coffee. <laughs> but that's not the real reason. The real reason is because, and, and he's paid me quite a bit to say this, <laughs> that um, uh, you just got to get up. You just got to get up and, and, and go for what it's worth. And it's, I always thought about that as saying, I've got a $5 bill right here. Who wants it? Who wants it? Who really wants it? Who really? You'll take it? take it. There. See, all it took, all it took was for somebody to get up and move, and that's what it took for me to get up and start to move in the right direction. Um, I have got a, a strong uh, support base. I've got a wife that I've been with for f- it'll be 45 years. At the end of this month, uh, and she has been. She has been the the strongest supporter of me, and we've moved 12 or 13 times in my career to different places, different towns, different states, always looking for the right church, always looking for the one that matched what we wanted. And guess what, folks? I found it. I found it right here. I have never been more welcomed at a church than I have at the calling. Never. And And I've gone to some huge churches and some churches that talked about their, the way they greet new members and stuff. It happens here, folks. This is what it's all about. This is a small church that's going to grow, and it's going to grow. And with the leadership we got behind it, it's going to continue to grow. So thank you for giving me the opportunity, Brady, to cross something off my bucket list and talk about really what the good Lord means to me, and what it means to me to start my journey at such a late age.
3: Well, I took it way too serious and wrote everything down. (laughs) I'm Joy Krieger. Um, Usually you can see me out running around everywhere out there before church starts. Um, Growing up, it was me, my dad, and I had two brothers. And my church life was going with my grandmother. I didn't like it. I had to wear dresses. I hated to wear dresses. The older ladies would cry whenever it was time to sing, and I just didn't understand why they wanted to cry. Um, we had to go to Sunday school in the basement, and it smelled really, really bad. And I seemed to always slam my fingers in the door. At 12 years old, I had a twin brother that passed away, and at that point, I stopped going to church. Um, A couple years later, there was some light in our lives, and I gained, as I like to call my forever mom, because she's the only mom I've ever known. I feel like God handpicked her for me. God knew I needed her and my dad. She always has loved and supported me. see they didn't get all emotional so (laughs) sorry at 18 I met my ex-husband and at 21 I ended up getting pregnant and we got married I don't remember my marriage ever being really happy I pretended like I was happy but in reality I felt hopeless unloved unwanted and very lonely family wasn't as important to him as it was to me he would rather party and I wanted to stay home with the kids so in the drinking and the sins that come with excessive drinking that overtook our marriage out of the marriage God blessed us with a daughter Taylor God knew he let he would lead her and I would follow when Taylor was in preschool she asked me to take her to church her best friend at preschool had invited her I wasn't overly excited about going either um, but during this at the same church that Taylor's friend went her great-grandma liberty went so i had the pleasure of taking nanny to church every week with us as an adult nanny was the first godly person i had ever met or been around and she loved god and her family and it was a very good example for me at six years old taylor asked to get baptized and i wasn't overly excited about it because my brother had never been baptized and i wanted to be with him she wanted to be baptized and if I wanted us all to go to heaven but at that point in my walk I had no idea what it meant if he wasn't baptized and I wanted to be with him shortly after Taylor got baptized we moved so I no longer went to that church and my ex-husband agreed that he would go to church with us if he could decide what church we could go to so I let him decide and we went to church sometimes and then we had our son and we just didn't go to church at all anymore at the age when my son was one we got a divorce and then a year later we got back together because it was just too exhausting trying to fight staying away from him at that point I decided I needed to do church for myself and I had never done that before it had always been Taylor my daughter wanting me to go the kids and I started going regularly I even started helping in children's ministry I took a class on forgiveness then I did counseling through the church and this this was life-changing I learned to forgive that my brother was taken away I learned he was saved I learned I could forgive myself for things I'd done forgive my ex for things he'd done I felt a huge weight lifted for this first time I knew God's love I learned how to pray Over and over again, I would tell myself, Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? I knew that God loved me and would always take care of me. I no longer had to put up with anyone disrespecting me. God was changing me. He knew I needed it for upcoming events in my life. In 2010, I went to the hospital and found out I had a heart issue, and it was the same issue that my brother had passed away from. It was the scariest time in my life. After that, I decided that I was either going to die in a bad relationship or move on. And so I moved on. I was really sick for like the first year, so I didn't attend church at all. And that's kind of where the calling comes in. I met Brady through my daughter. See, she has led me everywhere I've ever gone. (laughs) The first time I actually met Brady and Trish was late one evening. I called Brady and told him about a situation that I was having with Taylor. And Brady said, come on over, Trish and the girls will watch Ashton and we'll talk. Brady, Taylor and I have had several talks. From all the advice he gave me as a parent, I always knew that if he started a church, I wanted to be part of it. The calling has changed my life. Sunday is my favorite day of the week, for real, it is. I look forward to seeing my church family. I feel like I belong to the calling, I really do. It isn't somewhere we just go on Sundays because that's what we're supposed to do. We all care about one another and we truly are more like family than people that just go to church together. I love having the chance to serve at a place I love. I love all the people I have the opportunity to become friends with through serving. I want others to see God through me. I want to be a good example. I want to do what is pleasing in God's eyes. God's perfect timing, I met a wonderful man four years ago. We got married last June. Brady married us. He loves God and my kids. Together, we have even become stronger in our faith. He happily comes to church and volunteers. He is a good role model to my son. Brady baptized us at the church first celebration anniversary. The calling has done so much in our walk with Christ. I don't think he would I don't think we would be the people that we are today without Brady and our church family here. My son Ashton loves church as well. He doesn't like to miss it. I love his pure heart and his love for God. He loves to serve and takes great pride in doing it. I'm very thankful the calling even allows children to be important and to be themselves, whether helping do things or running down the halls and being crazy.
0: I love when people share their stories because even when you think you've heard the whole story, there's always details that you that uh, that you learn as they get up and speak. Have you have you ever noticed recently? It seems like more than ever about how everything everything in life is all about express. Get it even before you get there. Order ahead of time. It'll be there waiting for you. Go sit down and they'll bring it to you. Everything is about get it quicker. Don't wait in line. It's always, do you, do you notice that everywhere you go? There's an app for that. There's always an app, right? An app that will help you get it. You can order, like when we leave here today, we have a, our core team and a board meeting. And and on the way there, I've, I'm they're cooking our pizza right now. Have you already ordered it? It's going to be waiting for me as I walk in the door. Now, it's convenient, it's, and it's good, and there seems like everywhere you go, that's the way it is. Panera, you can call ahead, and it'll be sitting there on a counter or a little shelf when you walk in, which I thought myself several times, well, what stops something from just going in and just taking it. Like, yeah, you can just walk in and say, oh, that's mine, grab it, and walk out, and nobody would ever know. Not that I would ever do that or have ever done that. Um, I... Found out the uh, other day you could download the Chick-fil-A app. You could order ahead of time. and You can get a free sandwich just by downloading the app. All right, awesome. You're all looking at each other like, what? Dude, that's awesome. Chick-fil-A, tell me, thank you for that. Uh, Chipotle, I've seen people stand in the back of the line, order it on their phone, walk up, pick up their food, and leave by the time the person that was in front of them gets anywhere close to the front of the line. Now, you can have your uh, weddings. You can drive through, right, and... Vegas, I can just drive through wedding. You can get drive-through flu shots. You can um, you can go to the movie theater now, and your popcorn will be waiting for you, or they'll bring it to you in the theater. Have we become so lazy or so like impersonal, like we don't want to have contact with another human being as much as possible? We just want to be able to get it without in- anybody even knowing we're there. What if the church, I thought about it. What if the church would follow suit? And we kind of have already in some ways, you can give to the church online without even coming to the church. Now, I don't suggest the not coming to the church part, but I'm okay with you giving online. That's perfectly fine. But it but there is something about there's something about just at, at your convenience. There's even an app that we could probably eventually get to where you can text message your offering right from your seat you could just text message it while you're sitting there and some people say Brady you got to go there because people don't carry cash with them anymore they just don't have money in their pocket and I was like well that's probably true you know so maybe we could a little reader on that offering basket you swipe your card as you're walking by and then we'll just email you want us to email you that receipt <laughs> no we're never, probably never going to get to that place but I think there's something personal about being able to to give, And it's obviously you want you to, to come and be a part of what's going on. Uh, we, I was thinking, like when we do communion, you know, like you can have your communion brought to you at your seat. Like you won't even have to come forward for it. Wouldn't that be awesome? You're like, yeah, that'd be great. Just bring it to me, Brady. You know, or you could order it ahead of time. You could order like extra juice and extra wafer, you know, because sometimes it's just not enough. So as I was thinking about this, I... Um, it led me into, this, into this, style, this thing that I'm going to share with you this morning. As I think about the church, as I think about the, the lives that we've touched and the, and the lives that have been changed, um, I, want, I want to try to make something, I want to make a, a picture for you, an illustration of kind of what it looks like. So what I need is someone to... Um, Noah, would you just me if you're young, you can stand for a while. Stand up right there. Um, Let's see, uh, Haley, stand up, okay, you don't have to do anything, you just to stand there, you don't have to speak or anything like that, uh, Dan, I'll have you stand, uh, let's see, who else I want to pick on, Julie, you can stand up, there you go, Mike, stand up, okay, um, Spencer, stand up, there you go, uh, let's see, Tara, since we, since you shared, i want to have you, I'll have you stand up, all right. Okay, all right, so I want you to give me some observations based on, based on the proximity to the cross. I want you to give me some observations about these people that are standing up. What's the first thing you think of? What? Say it out loud. He's closest, right? Okay, he's closest to the cross. All right, the, uh, for one, does everybody look the same? Like, they're not wearing their church uniform, right? <laughs> everybody's dressed different. Everybody looks a little bit different. Is everybody's story exactly the same? No, absolutely not. Everybody's story is personal and it's individual. Um, we're, we pray as a church that it all involves um, a place and a time where they did come to the cross. And they asked for forgiveness. And they asked Christ to come and live inside of them and set... And set them free from the sin that so easily entangles, the Bible says. Like, everyone's story, though, of how they got to where they're at is different. Okay? And it might be, as you look around, you say, their, their relationship with the Lord, and this is in no way indicative of your relationship with the Lord based on where you're standing. I, might, I'm just, I just picked you out of a crowd. I'm not a magician or anything like that. It's not like this is hocus pocus or anything. But the reality is, is when people come to church... They are at a different place. And it's not exactly the same. Do you believe that Tara is at a different place now in her life than she was when she first started examining, started looking and seeking the Lord, right? She she moved closer to the Lord because of her seeking and, and desiring and looking. So everyone's at a different place. Maybe in their, their spiritual maturity, the things that they know about the Lord, you know, Dan's knowledge of the Bible is is could be different than spencer's knowledge of the bible i um, so dan might feel like there's experience in his life that caused him to be feel a little bit closer to the lord now here's the reality this this proximity in our flesh changes sometimes based on our experiences You know, there there have been times where, let's just be honest, we fail the Lord. We we fall back into sin or we do something we know we we shouldn't do. And it it feels like we're further away. Like we were here, but now all of a sudden I feel like I'm clear in the back. But the thing I want you to understand is that does not change. It does not change your heavenly position. Okay, and I'm going to share some scripture with you today to help you understand like your identity is in the cross. It's in Christ. It's, it's who I am. Now, in your flesh, there's things we can do to draw closer. Now, obviously, God's desire, even in our flesh, is for all of us to be as close to Him as possible, to be as much like Christ as possible. That's His desire for us. And the church, the church's responsibility is to help you draw close. That's what we want to accomplish. That's why we sing the songs. That's why we have Bible school. That's why we do service projects. That's why I come visit you in the hospital. That's why we, we, we follow up with you and care about you. So that you can be more and more like Brady? No. More and more like Jesus. That's the church. That's what we want to accomplish. We are a Christ-centered church ministry all right christ-centered wanting everyone to experience the compassionate love of the father because we believe when you experience the compassionate love of the father it changes where you are positionally it wants you to draws you closer to him and so you guys can sit down i appreciate you standing up for a while we know that in church not everybody walks in in the same place and maybe you grew up in a church where they, they made the boundaries pretty obvious, like can't smoke, can't drink, can't dance, can't do all these things, because if you do, you're really not saved. You're really not a Christian. Okay? Okay? Now, reality is some of those things are harmful to us. and You heard it in the stories. They're not good for you. There are some things that we need to eliminate out of our life because it's not helping us get closer to the Lord. That's a good indication. If this is not helping you draw closer to God, it's probably a good check. You need to check that off the list and get rid of that out of your life. But I want you to see that at the moment that you put your faith in Jesus, And we talked about this last week. We talked about all who received him. He's given the right to become children of God, not of natural descent, not by will of man, but by will of God. In in John chapter 1, verse 12, it says that when you receive Christ, you become born again, set apart, seated with Christ And there's scripture that backs this up. Seated with Christ in the heavenlies. So your spiritual position is literally seated with Christ in the spirit. It's different than your physical position. You know, and and the reality is I wish there was some kind of app to make you get there quicker. (laughs) You know, to make you understand that that there is no app like that, though. But in the spiritual sense, you are set apart. You are like Christ. The Bible calls it sanctified. Uh, you used to be dead. Now you're alive. You're like Christ. And then in your flesh, your desire, then your, your, your purpose in life is to become more and more like him in the flesh. And what is that we need to do? What are the experiences that we can have to help make that possible? My daughter, Eliza, um, had an experience in the Dominican Republic today, or not today, this past week, that literally changed her existence, changed her position, set her, just drew her closer to the Lord. And, and hopefully she'll get a chance to share that, that story one of these days. But it's because she was there, making herself available, seeking the Lord. And it, it was powerful. Hey, here's Joe's money. That's perfect. See, you got it rewarded. Just for, we'll put it in the offering basket on the way out. And so I want you to do me a favor. Let's turn to, um, turn to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Romans, chapter 8. I want to, first of all, share, and I've shared this passage of Scripture a few times before, but in, in a, the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, It says that uh, by God's great mercy, we're all saved by grace, right? Saved by grace. And then we are um, seated in the heavenly places so that God can show his immeasurable, it says, immeasurable riches of his grace. And so by our faith in him, because of grace, we're seated with him in the heavenly. So that's where we are spiritually. Spiritually. That's our spiritual identity. I am, I am a Christ one. I am in Christ. And that's, where, that's how God sees me. Isn't it good that he doesn't see us in our brokenness, in our mess of life? Like, that's how we see ourselves. and we, I don't know about you, but it, man, when I, when I just get a clear picture of who I am in the flesh, sometimes it's very discouraging. It's frustrating. I feel, I feel like giving up sometimes. But then I remember... Then I remember what the Bible says, how I'm seated with him. I'm seated with him in the heaven. He's like, that's not how God sees me. That's not how, just as a father, we see our kids differently than our kids see ourselves. We just do. We don't have any choice because of, it's in our DNA because of the, this this sense of parenthood, this this love that we have for them. So we are like his treasure. God is, God sets us up as his treasure, like as his like, he just wants to show us off. And it's in the age to come, it says, he will, he'll say, this is, this is my grace. why I showed grace. This is, this is why. Because of these stories that you've heard, like, today. Well, look at Romans chapter 8. It's that same kind of position, that same kind of idea. And so let's, uh, let me get to it real quick. Romans 8. And let's look at verse uh, 15, starting at verse 15. Is that the right one? Nope, I'm sorry. So let's look at verse 12. I jumped too far forward. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if the spirit, if you live by the Spirit who put that um, you put to death, the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not read the, read, uh, receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. It says, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. And so once again, it's this sense of we are heirs. We are adopted into his family. That's how he sees us. When we put our faith and our trust in Jesus, we're adopted into his family, and we become his. That's how he sees us. But then it says, I love where at the end it says, um, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. And so this reality is as though we're seated with him, we're heirs with him, we're his children, we have all that belongs to him. There is going to be some suffering here on earth. And this is the part we don't really like to talk about a whole lot, but it is reality. There are tough times that we go through. Hard times. And just because we say, oh, well, I go to church and I'm a Christian, therefore I should be exempt from the hard times, that's not reality. That's not true, right? No matter where we are positionally in our flesh and growing closer and desiring to be more like him, there's going to be some resistance. Have you experienced some resistance? In your Christian walk, yeah, I mean, yeah. In these stories, there's there is definitely there's definitely resistance there. I think about uh, I think about people who walk into the YMCA. Right, everybody who walks into the YMCA. They're at a different fitness level. It's just reality. They are. Now they all want to be in shape but what is going to require what is going to be required of them in order to get to reach their goals what are they going to have to do for one they have to show up <laughs> okay they got to go they got to get there first and then they got to put the work in when they get there i wish it was as easy as just driving by or or <laughs> or just having a membership even though even though when you look in the computer, yeah, they're a member of the Y. They are right here. It says in the, in the Y. They're, they've paid their membership. Due, they're, they're a member. But in order for them to reach their goals, this is going to require some effort. And that is the same way when we walk, into, we walk into church, we're all at a different place. We have different parts of our story. All have different experiences, different backgrounds. But when we put our faith and our trust in Jesus, the way he sets us apart the way he sees us from that moment on, is the thing that, it's almost like this thing that compels us. It's like, it's like this thing that's saying, come, come, be more like me. Jesus says, come and be like me. Do the things that I do. Say the things that I say. Grow in me. And, and here's some basic things that we can do. We'll finish up our time together. Here's some basic things that we can do um, to get to this place. For one, we can seek him. Okay. Are you looking for him? Like when they said hey I was looking, I was looking for a church, I was looking for a church home, I was looking for a, a body, a place where I can plug in. But are you seeking him? Are you putting yourselves in a place to receive him? You know, are your hands like this? God, I'm in a place to receive you. Eliza wouldn't have had the experience she had. Just here in her room. She was in a place where they were seeking God and then God met them right where they're at. Her whole class had this experience. Are you serving Him? Okay, so seeking. And are you serving? This is not just an advertisement to get people to be busy and do stuff. But in being busy and doing stuff for the Lord, that is one of the ways that helps you draw close. Like when we put self aside, and say, God, how can you use my gifts? Like at the Bible school, everyone, some some people who had their vocational skills as being a teacher used their skills to teach and they were serving. And I think that helps you draw closer to the Lord. Are you available? Just being available sometimes is the best thing we can do. And then the last thing, um, have you experienced some suffering? Because without resistance, think about it at the YMCA, without resistance, there is no growth. And we can't avoid the suffering. Matter of fact, we got to walk into it. We got to press into it. And say, I'm not going to avoid it. We're going to go. We're going to, and you know, here's the thing. We're going to suffer and we're going to do it together. Like we bear one another's burdens. We suffer together. We serve together. We seek together. We suffer Together. And in the suffering of the cross, Jesus conquers death and provides a way for all of us to experience life that is more than just this life. It's eternal. I want to finish in First Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1. I think Hopefully in this passage of Scripture you can hear the, sa- the same concept, the same idea. All right? And let's finish our time together right here. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse starting verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. We've got this inheritance waiting for us. Imperishable, undefiled, unfading. Kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved By various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, your faith, which is more precious than gold that perishes, through it is tested by fire, that your faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith. And the outcome of your faith here on earth is the salvation of your soul for eternity. That is our reward. That is the reason we seek together, we serve together, and yes, we suffer together. And until that day, let's keep doing it just that way, together. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the last couple of years. And Lord, there has been lots of serving together. There's been a lot of seeking your face. And yes, Lord, even right here in this room, we've suffered with those that have suffered through trials of sickness and in marital issues and just job issues and just life. <laughs> but we didn't do it alone. We didn't do it alone because you were with us and you never leave us nor forsake us. And you're walking with us even now. And you've got us this far. Wherever it is that we're at today, you've got us this far and you want us to continue to grow and to move forward, get closer to you. Help us see our identity in you, Lord. See the fact that we're your children, that you love us. And I pray, Lord, for those maybe here today that so you know, I've, I've never put my faith and trust in Jesus truly and I need to do that. I need to start that journey today. God, I pray that they would put their faith and trust in you, that they would experience life that comes, new life, old gone and new has come. Would they experience that today by putting their hope and trust in you? We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And as we sing this last song, if you need prayer, then come and pray and we'll finish up our time together.